So, Blake, The Rock got COVID, and just what the fuck's the point anymore? He'll be okay. Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his two beautiful daughters and his wife-girlfriend, I'm not really sure the relationship, but really, who can hold The Rock back, have, have COVID, and I'm very, like, they're out of it, because clearly The Rock put The Rock bottom on COVID itself, but I'm also just like, man, what's the fucking point anymore? Now, um... Excuse me, what are the uh, symptoms that we can expect from this? Oh, well, Mr. Johnson, the common symptoms of COVID- It doesn't matter what the symptoms are! (laughs) There you go, that makes you feel better, right? Whoa, ladies and gentlemen, boys and gals, children of all ages, it's time! It's time, it's time! For a load. And I'm talking about a load, a load of BS. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a load of BS, the greatest show on the planet, featuring the two best damn men of all time. And I'm talking about he, the B, to the L-A-K-E. That's right, it's Blake Tanner. Hey, and it's the S, Scotty Moore, the man with the broken finger. How you doing? Uh, As... You know, we, as two men who study the world of professional wrestling, we hear a lot about guys who, like, oh, man, that guy worked for so long with, like, a broken limb. That's how I feel right now, because I've got a, been nursing a migraine all day. I really hurt my hand yesterday, <laughs> and, but I'm pushing through, and the crowd at home, no one's gonna know. Wait, fuck. Oh, uh, no, now everyone knows. Did I ever tell you about the time during one of the beer pong tournaments that you brought me to that I got very excited because I think I landed a winning shot that I jumped so high that I broke my middle finger on the ceiling of your friend's oh, yeah. house? I remember. I, I remember that. That was that was a fucking time. <laughs> a bitch. OK, oh, so what do we do on we the got show. It. We we make Hollywood dreams come to life. We make movies, we make stories, and this week, Blake, much like how I was very inspired by Spider-Man the last time I was chosen to uh, bring a pitch, this week I'm inspired by, here's the thing, I 100%ed Spider-Man in roughly seven days, so unfortunately that well ran dry very quickly. Okay, so we're not gonna be hearing anything else about Spider-Man, eh? Nope, this week I'm going to bring some influence from the Spider-Man DLC pack. Okay. No. <laughs> it's all about the Black Cat. We're making a heist movie. No, uh, I'm actually going to be bringing the other video game that I'm real fucking horny for right now, and it's a God of War. Have you heard about this God yes. of War, Blake? You are now officially two years behind everyone else, and I applaud you for that. But it is a great <laughs> game, and I'm glad that you're playing it. <laughs> And I'm like, have you heard the Overwatch? Have you heard about this Overwatch? I just but, got yeah, into no, this I- PUBG. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I really love it. It's not as enthralling. Like, because for me, I became Spider-Man. Holding that controller, I became Spider-Man. So I love it a lot more. But man, Kratos is such a bad boy. And I love, like mythology i mean like if anyone's read our hit novel bs versus the gods which you can pick up on amazon uh you you will know i'm a big fan of the mythology but and here's how the much thing you boy. like to say you know what that's what the real mythology is fuck it let me do something different fuck it momoa curry <laughs> but yeah here's the thing 
mythology is just I was gonna say boring, but then I remembered about the story where Loki did Loki just there you Loki go. Loki fucked a horse <laughs> and that made Odin's new horse that had eight legs for some reason. It's my so grandson horse. Yes, so this week well look, he's not his son in the mythology. He's his what is Loki's relationship to Odin? I- can't remember it's something I, I don't think he's his i think he's his brother because he, he's the father of hell yeah. fenrir and jormungandr uh he's the son of farbati and lofi mm-hmm. uh and then i don't know what the fuck his relationship with odin is like it says nothing here i mean i know that he loves to fuck with all the other gods so uh, maybe he's just there well i mean he's half god half giant that they did get right (laughs) i don't want to do a loki story though as much as i do love loki he's probably my favorite like norse god i instead am on the mythology.wikia.org website Uh and just going off the vibe we've brought the past two episodes, I figure we could just hit random a few times and see what we get and see what we want to, like, Okay. See, want to explore more. Because, like, there are gods that just never got their due, never really got their story. Now, I will say the second one that came up for me was Shenlong, and I'm fairly sure this big old dragon's had a lot of stories told about that him. That is true. I don't think we need to add to the big dragon's actual compendium. <laughs> no, wait. Hold on. I got it. Say Shenlong manifested the seven, you could call them balls. And he spread uh-huh, them across uh-huh, the earth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's it's up to humanity to unite these seven yeah, balls uh-huh. to bring Shenlong back so he can grant you a good, good wish and bring Vegeta and back And there's a tiny life. boy with a tail. Right. There's a tiny boy with a tail! <laughs> Do we explain the tail in the whole first series? Nope. Nope. Uh, second one I got's the Sphinx. That wouldn't be bad like because here's the thing everyone knows about the sphinx yeah everyone knows like this is the trailer everyone knows the sphinx but no one knows the story behind the sphinx i, I think some people do i mean the, the the sphinx's thing is just that it tells riddles and if you do them then you're okay and if you fail yeah, it but kills you yeah but he's not like no one knows how he got there. No one knows his backstory. The deep, rich lore of the fucking Sphinx. Now, the next one I get... <laughs> the next one's name, I shit you not, is in fact Some Anus, which does lead me to think of a deeply pornographic version of Charlotte's Web. Jesus Christ. So... It, it's gotta be like Samanus, but I am gonna keep calling him Samanus, was the god of nocturnal thunder, which is pretty fucking shitty. Like, only only at night is when I can work. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, the daytime stuff, they, they don't like me messing with that. I'm the night I, guy. Apparently, apparently there are nine gods of thunder who I just have to assume come out at different shifts throughout the day. Morning, Frank. Morning, Anus. 
Now, this one could we could do some fun social commentary. This is an Australian Aboriginal mythology, and it's a no man. We're not. Fuck. We are not. We are not qualified for that one. No, I just I want I want you to guess what the fucking goddess of the sun would be named in Australia. Ah, <laughs> uh, my mind went to a bad place. So please tell me. Well, her name's Walla. Just Walla Walla Boomerang is this god? Direct from Walla Walla. Hello. Uh, she is a sun goddess who lived with her sister Bara and her sister-in-law Madeleine. I love how they really got off the Australian racism with Madeleine. Uh, Bara accompanied her across the sun every day, and then one day Walla realized she made the earth too hot and made her stop. She journeyed to the southern mountains and brought back the sun and stored it in a bag and kept it until the moon disappeared. So really, she's kind of the goddess of, um, she's the goddess of global warming. <laughs> no, we can't put that on a god. That's our fault. <laughs> um, oh, fuck. Lo hold on. Loch Ness Monster? Like, that's, come on, give, give me some, oh, now this is a good name. Her name's Helge Hundensbane. Okay. Is a hero in Norse sagas. And there's not much about her. <laughs> oh well. She appears to be wait. Oh wait, hold on. It's a it's a he. Uh, he appears to be the son of Sigmundr and Borghild. And only fit no, because I can't keep doing that voice for this whole episode. So I'm sorry, Helge, you're gone. Now this guy seems real horny because he was his son is named Erechtheus. Oh, you know he's about to get down and dirty. He's yeah. a god of fucking. Yeah, well, no, I think Erechtheus is <laughs> horn boy. Erechtheus gave all men erections. God of Viagra. Oh, and <laughs> so I think pa this guy's his name is Pandion the first. And from what I'm reading, it almost seems like, you know, in the Bible where they're like, and then Je Jebusiah begat T Toby, who begat Jim, who begat Greg. I think that's where a Pandian 1 comes in, is he was just a begatter. Oh, yeah, because Pandian 2. Eh. Oh, now this motherfucker looks cool. It's a Tarask. He is a legendary creature from province France, and the town Tarascon was named after it. Uh, it was said to have come from Galatia, which was the home of the legendary Anakas, a scaly bison-like beast which burned everything it touched. It is believed to be the offspring- Oh, this is kind of sweet. It's the offspring of the Anakas and the Leviathan. It's a fucking baby. <laughs> you know that the, the, uh, the Tarask is actually in D&D, right? Well, is it also in that world? A fucking lion mixed with a scorpion mixed with a turtle. No, it, it leans more into the draconic nature, kind of. Although it's got a lot of ridges, it is very big, and it is the strongest creature they built. And it is known as, Whoa. like, the world eater. So when it wakes up, it eats the world, and then it goes back to sleep. Oh. Gomijin. Is the fourth Goetic? I want you to look this motherfucker up. G A M I G I N. I feel like I've heard this name before. 
It both works as a marquee who initially takes the form of a small horse before transforming into a horse-voiced human. Yes. The lesser key of Solomon merely leaves his duties at teaching liberal arts and giving accounts of souls that died in sin. What? Uh, the... I don't know. <laughs> I am so... As much as... I really dig this fucking sick-looking horse, though. Uh, uh, that's where I know it from. It is a creature in Shin Megami Tensai. Okay, that's... that's it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just... This is just goddess. Like, that's just like, hey, this is a god, but... Whoa. Oh, man, I've got it. And we're about to re... We're about to fix the greatest cinematic flub of 2019. Because I just got the Bake Neko. Do you know what that is? Uh, I don't. Let me look it up. It's a cat. It is a monster. Right? It's a, mo- it's a monster cat that lived long enough to become a yokai and gain supernatural powers. Motherfucker, were we making cats? <laughs> oh, I thought, you were- I thought we were going to remake Detective Pikachu with the ghost cat. No, 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 no. Um... Let's see. What the fuck? They come into being as a result of a number of things, but the most common reasons are living a long life, growing to a certain size by licking up large quantities of lamp oil. That's my milk. Mmm. Okay, so it's this story's about the rum tum. T- who's like the, who? Who really got the short end of the stick in Cats? Who deserved more time? Because I think it's the Rum Tum Tugger. Let's go with Rum Tum Tugger, because he's got the best name. Yeah. And his... Like, he could be called Rummy or something. Like, that's the fun nickname. Oh, yeah, yeah. Old Gin Rummy, the Tum Tugger. So this is the sequel to Cats, where the Rum Tum Tugger becomes Yokai. <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes off, he's like, I don't even know what this fucking Jellicle Cat shit means. I'm going to Japan. Okay, uh, they begin their supernatural life looking almost identical to an ordinary cat. Soon they begin to walk on their hind legs. As they age and their power increases, they grow to be very large, sometimes as big as a full-grown human, which is also now my headcanon for cats. Um, just the actual musical. Is there all Baka Neko? Now, I would like to say, other than the lamp oil, there is, like... The other common reason that they're created is by cats living a long life. Generally over 13 years. I've known a lot of cats that have lived to be over 13. But you know a lot of yokai. (laughs) (laughs) Or uh, grow over 3.75 kilograms, which let me see. Kilograms to pounds. That's like eight pounds. I know some cats that are definitely over eight. Fucking Garfield's definitely a Bacaneco. Oh, you know it. He can already, like, he can communicate himself through the comic world to us. He is a mythical being already. Okay, I know I was starting off with this fun Rum Tug Tugger storyline. It's Garfield now. It's, well, yes, but it's now like the villain edit of Garfield. (laughs) Of how Garfield became evil, because the next paragraph on the Bakaneko wiki says they possess great shape-shifting abilities and disguise themselves as smaller cats or humans, sometimes even their own masters. Garfield kills John and becomes John, definitely. You've, you've seen the demonic Garfield stuff, right? 
we've discussed it on the show, my boy. This is it all coming to a head, long-term storytelling. Uh, while in disguise, they dress up with a towel wrapped around their head and dance around merrily. Many learn to speak human languages. They eat things that are much bigger than they are, so they're kind of like a flurkin. And even poisonous things. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, Garfield and his lasagna. It is even possible for it to eat its own master and take his form living on in his place. So, yes, that's the end of this film, is John gets taken over by Garfield. So, is this now like a survival horror where we, like, watch John running through the house, trying to escape from Garfield, as Garfield kills everyone that's close to him? If they do not kill their owners, they often bring down great curses and misfortune. They can summon ghostly fireballs, what the fuck, and are known to accidentally start house fires, their tail acting like torches, so he's kind of also like a, a Charmander now. They have the disturbing ability to reanimate fresh cur- corpses or use them like puppets for their own nefarious purpose. Okay, maybe that's, genuine- maybe that's what happens to John. I don't- uh, well- I don't know. What if... I think this does need to be Garfield trying to take John's place in the world. Because, like, John may be an impotent little fuck, but he is still the master of the domain. And that makes Garfield extremely jealous. Yeah, but... Um, don't be so but mean But no, I want to see where, like... I know, uh, Yeah, but I want to see where, like, Garfield kills John's girlfriend on, like, the first date... And then reanimates the body. Oh, God. And tries to get the... Yeah, and now there's like a zombie scene where the zombie zombie girlfriend tries to kill John. <laughs> Jesus, that's dark. But we're making fucking... <laughs> Garfield has become yokai. I can't stop it. Uh, okay, so we open up... Odie dies in the beginning, right? Is, is Odie or Nermal the red shirt? At the beginning. Oh, Nermal's the red shirt. And the reason I'm saying that is because I'm currently looking up uh, things dogs can turn into in mythology. So we could possibly make a... big a, old uh, battle at the end. Yeah, well, we gotta have a big old battle at the end. Like, this is a goofy goof podcast. I don't think survival horror is exactly in our genre. No, that is very true. Uh, I'm not sure how we would even do that for laughs. Hmm. So I'm currently seeing how we could turn Odie into a hellhound, but I don't. It does say hellhounds are good. They warn them of danger and protect them when they need it. Yeah. Okay. You know what? Let me pull up my cryptid list from last time. Yeah. Wow, this um, one is doing a lot of research. Yeah, see, here's the, like, there's just no, there's nothing fun. There's not like a dog gets old, grows like big, big, cool muscles. Yeah. <laughs> there's <gasps> the Michigan dog, man. <laughs> Let's. Oh my god. I figured out what it is. Uh-huh. Odie becomes an Inugami, which oh. is a kind of familiar. And, uh, let's see. It's basically like a kitsune, except instead of a fox, it's a dog. Uh, looks ordinary, looks like an ordinary dog. However, its true form is that of a desiccated, mummified dog's head. 
Oh, Jesus. Okay, so this is what Odie always is. He was just possessing the Odie body as his vessel. Well, that or could Garfield kill Odie in the beginning, and then that's the big twist near the end, is he comes back to protect his master, John. That would be fun. Also, by the way, I know we, we, we've we already kind of strayed away from doing, like, the improv comedy dialogue bit. I don't think we can for this one. Because, infamously, none of these characters actually speak English outside of, like, John and his girlfriend. Yes, that is very true. Unless we go by, like, animated series rules, which would still rule out Odie. Yeah. So, okay. I don't think... Does the film need to open with something dark, or do we need to open with it being something almost like what you would expect of a normal Garfield thing? It, oh, it should open up like any, just like pick a random Garfield comic, and that should be our opening. Like, we extend it, except there's like, we could like drop some hints every now and again. Now does, oh, maybe it's Garfield's 13th birthday. Oh, shit. And, okay. So it's his 13th birthday, and John gives him, like, a shitty little cake. And that's what pisses him off. And then, uh, so that happens. That's the opening. And it's just kind of like this boring whatever. And then I'd love if it was cartoon, and then just suddenly became real life. As it cuts to Garfield going downstairs. Oh, now really quick. And... This is definitely animated in the same style as Garfield Pet Force, right? No, Garfield and Friends. We're going way back in time for I'm this good baby. I'm with 2D animation for this bad boy. Yeah, so uh, Garfield, go- it's either going to be 2D or frighteningly realistic. Like like it's a real actor playing John. Perhaps a... Um, like a Blue's Clues uh, thing? Well, I wouldn't say Blue's Clues. Maybe just make him a... Until he becomes a yokai, I don't think... I think it's just a normal cat. I don't... You know what? I have seen some... Also, also, can I have some fantasy casting right now and it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing John? (laughs) Uh, yes. Okay, so... He refuses to get Garfield anything because also I think he's like, we gotta keep your weight down, Garfield. You're getting a little chubby, and Garfield's about to hit that eight-pound limit. <laughs> yep, yep. On his thirteenth birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he. What if that's what it is? He has to meet all of these requirements. Oh, and then he gets like pissed off, so he goes wandering through the city and falls into a vat of lamp oil. Oh no! I was gonna say in this fiction that the lamp oil is replaced with lasagna. lasagna. <laughs> So that was my version was going to be he goes downstairs, steal John's phone, orders DoorDash, and uh, Lasagna comes to the door. And of course, uh, this is pre-COVID. So the guy knocks on the door and Garfield answers and Garfield fucking murders him on his doorstep. Oh, shit. Except we don't see it. I think what we see next is you just see him. And he, like, asks for, like, a tip or is a dick to Garfield. And the next scene you see is Garfield's mouth covered in a red substance. Yes, which we assume to but be the lasagna because pe- he's chowing down on it. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, 
a slow zoom back as the film slowly begins to take shape. And as it zooms back, you see the body of the DoorDash guy next to Garfield. (laughs) Okay. So is this like an immediate reveal? Does Garfield start hiding the bodies and John has to find them or? I don't think, no, because like the big thing with John is that he is a lovable idiot who does not realize things. So it's going to be a while till John realizes that his cat is murdering people to become yokai. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Oh, poor John. Okay, so that's that. I, I we, think Garfield. Can we have a few scenes where Garfield like gets pissed at John, tries to murder him, but like John just lucks out of it half the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely gonna be like a fun goof playing in it, and Garfield's getting furious. Um, I don't know. How do you think he disposes of the body? Because like John can't find it, and it is in the house now, and there is blood everywhere. But he disguises it with lasagna sauce. I'm assuming, but. There's still a body. He can animate the dead. He f- no. But hold on, wait. I want to know what's going on in your fiction where Garfield has eaten this man, disemboweled him, and you're like, but then he just walks out to his car is with it? his fucking guts <laughs> oh, no, hanging no, out. No, I imagine that Garfield is like taking a big old chunk out of his torso. He just rebut like he just has him button up his shirt and walk away to die elsewhere. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. What if it could be a, um, a, ah, oh, fuck, what was that movie with the plants, what made people go crazy? Oh, The Happening? Yeah, like that, or like Bird Box, where Garfield is now controlling people and causing them to do these things. So, like, you see the entrails kind of, like, he just grabs at them as he's got these dark eyes and pulls them back into his body, stands up, gets in his car, and just goes and crashes it. And you just see the car fucking explode. Yeah. Yeah. He so that he hides his murders by making them look like accidents. Yeah, yeah. And uh he does have to make sure the body is burned so no one realizes that it has been completely eviscerated. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. He's only mostly cut in half. So what's the John plot? Because every horror movie does have, like, the horror movie plot, but since John doesn't realize what's going on, we do have to develop a kind of what's John doing situation. I just want it to be fucking a normal day in John's life with all of this shit happening around. Maybe he's trying to, like, maybe this is the day of, like, his big date with his girlfriend. I forget her name. Um... Well, I don't think he has one. Like, that's the point. Is he is a hopeless romantic. So maybe he goes to his office job, and he, uh... Doesn't he have a thing if, for the veterinarian lady? I think so. But what if Garfield can control John and make him very cool and sexual? <laughs> <laughs> now, what would this... How would this benefit Garfield? At first, I think he just likes John. So maybe we cut the cake cake subplot at the beginning, and he just orders DoorDash a lasagna for Garfield, and it's like, okay, bud, I gotta go to sleep. I've got a big uh, meeting tomorrow. And then that's when we cut to Garfield doing his dark deeds. And then uh, John goes to the meeting the next day, and right before he does, Garfield says, thanks, John. 
and shakes his hand, which is the first kindness Garfield has ever shown him. And I think this is Garfield testing out his newfound abilities and if he can make it work. Because this and is, it's this like, could canonically be the first time that Garfield talks to John and John just like doesn't even think about it. Yeah, and so then it is uh, Nutty Professor John fucking pimping in there. Uh, or no, I think, I think here's the thing. I think our first day does need to be John being a fuck up. Yeah. Right before our midway point needs to be John being successful. And that's the point he finally gets the date with the veterinarian. Cause also I think he's going to be like something's cause here. Okay. We can't have him kill Odie. Okay. Because Odie is just an idiot and there's, he gets no benefit from killing Odie. He can use him as an underling. So he gets so no benefit is, from this that. This is more of a manipulative Garfield that we've created now instead of straight yeah. pure evil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well yeah. A, a little bit of both. He's become... No, look here. Mid-act twist, baby. Uh, so also during the whole thing, there's a problem with Odie. That's why he goes to the veterinarian. And that's when Garfield finally uses his powers to get a date with the sexy veterinarian lady. And it's never revealed what the problem with Odie is. There's just, like, a general problem going on with Odie. Yeah, his, uh, he has turned into a disembodied floating dead dog head, but we can't really see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm gonna get into it later, because I don't like that one anymore, because that's gonna imply Odie's dead. But just something's off with him. Gets the date with the veterinarian, and uh, then the big twist, I think, is going to happen when john on his like second or third date comes home on what is known to garfield to be lasagna night uh-huh. and john says i can't get you lasagna we're gonna have some private time oh and this is the moment like john puts someone else above garfield which is a big no-no yeah yeah and so now we see Garfield, and he's more furious. His murderous rage knows no bounds. <laughs> and uh, then I think around after a few extra murders we get in there, we finally get to when he murders the girlfriend. Now, hold on. We've definitely got to have a normal murder, right? Normal got to die. I think Nermal is almost like his Iago. (laughs) (laughs) Nermal's just like this petulant sidekick. And they'll die eventually, make no doubt. Okay, but just as long as Nermal dies. Was Nermal a boy or a girl? Because I feel like we've gone back and forth on the gender of Nermal. I don't honestly remember. Because... I have heard I've heard Nermal with many different voices, which always uh, acts as like could be either way. Oh, there is a there is a uh, an entire Garfield wiki. Yeah, there's an article on Nermal on the Garfield wiki titled Nermal's Gender. Yeah. (laughs) Some fans have mistaken Nermal for a female kitten because of his eyelashes, his seemingly feminine personality and the feminine surrounding tone of his voice on Garfield and Friends. So I guess Nermal's a boy. No, so Nermal's trans, and Nermal is like Garfield's Harley Quinn until near the end where he finally betrays her. Nermal, Nermal can be non-binary. No. <laughs> I'm not identifying as non-binary. I can't. <laughs> Fuck. 
Uh, no, Nermal is AMAB and, uh, is AMAB trans, uh, female. And she just is helping him out through the whole thing. And because Garfield is making her the promise, once I take over, I will teach you how to become yokai as well. Yes. <laughs> Give it about 12 years. Yeah. No, I can't. Their relationship means I cannot have Nermal be one year old because that's already uncomfortable. Nermal's like 10, maybe. That's all right. Garfield's 13. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Age of Cat Scent, baby. It's the Age of Cat Scent. What is, uh, okay. what is the general consensus for cat years? Hold on. What? I don't think I'm gonna get much when I look up age of consent for cats. Uh, wow. It is generally agreed that the first two years of a cat's life are roughly equal to the first 25 of a human's. Those cats get a lot of living done in those first two years. I'm now on the cat site. Has anyone seen this? Ageofconsent.com. <laughs> Um, oh, it's the uh, the IP is down. It is not a thing. Thank God. Uh, we can't get off on this tangent. Okay, so uh, eventually, Garfield. We'll I will say though, eleven to fourteen for cats is about sixty to seventy two years old. I have just realized <laughs> we are kind of making Little Shop of Horrors, but with Garfield. Feed me, John. I mean, that's literally what it is. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I, I think, here's the thing. I, I do like this idea that John now talks to Garfield, and he just thinks he has a special friend. A la Little Shop of Horrors. But but little does he know, he's he's befriended the orange cat. Orange cat, cat of, of horrors. horrors. So, um, at that point, I think the only people who know that Garfield can talk now and is uh, bipedal are John and Veterinarian. And I like to think this is the point where uh, Garfield is now getting furious about the fact that the I think the girlfriend's like moving in at this point. He's like, can't believe this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> He's taking over. He's treating someone better than me. We got to find some way to get to that veterinarian. And then he looks at Nermal. And then the next scene you see is Garfield rushing into the vet's office as Nermal has a knife in the middle of her oh, back. No. Please, no! You've gotta help! You've gotta help, says young Garfield yokai. And the vet is like, shh, you can't let people know, but come with me, come with me. And so she works, and she finally repairs Nermal, and Nermal's back to good, good health. And Nermal kind of looks at her happily, and then throat slit by three kitty claws and she's now she's now dead and now, i think is this it, is the first is it moment garfield or does garfield control normal to do it no garfield does this garfield is now furious garfield is now on a blood rage and he's getting as much blood lust as possible which is evidenced by the fact that before they leave he also kills normal this is where normal dies because now now this is the point normal has fulfilled her purpose and dies yeah well, no, no, this is the point in, like, the villain arc where he's no longer able to get what he wants, so he's gonna make sure no one gets what they want anymore. Ah. Uh, uh-huh. Uh. 
so that's when we've got our, I'm going to say like, that's our halfway point of the film. Then we get a later scene where uh, Garfield comes back to the home and Odie just kind of comes to welcome him. And I think like one of the problems Odie's been having is his eyes are like really bloodshot. So they think he's dehydrated. So he's been drinking a lot of water, pissing everywhere. I guess. Yeah. John has Uh, been cleaning up piss nonstop. Yes. He's sweeping up piss as he walks inside. And then that's the moment Garfield just looks at him. It's like, lasagna night? No, bud, I'm sorry. Uh, Kate, whatever the fuck her name, Kate's coming over, so me and her are gonna spend some time together, buddy. <laughs> no, hold on, in the in the good version- Oh, no, no, actually, alternately, I think it needs to be John openly, like, being like, hey, bud, I'm sorry we can't do it. Like, he's now showing some, like, I realize I haven't been paying attention to you, but she means a lot to me, and I'm very sorry about this. And that's when Garfield just, like, maniacally looks up, like, that's fine, John. I'm just gonna sit here with Odie, and we're gonna watch some movies. Sits down, like, starts watching some grim horror porn. And then knock at the door, and it's fucking Anne, or whatever we named her, Nancy. It was Kate, it was five seconds ago. And her name is Kate, and it's Kate, but she's got, like, this deadness in her eyes. And John's like, you ready? Sure I am. And you just see Garfield staring at her, and his eyes also look equally dead because he's having to control her. For uh, for the for the record, her name is Liz. Oh, I, actually, I thought I thought you were putting your foot down on the improv real quick and just being like, "Fuck you!" No, her name's Liz. That's my pick. <laughs> I have to put my foot down. No, but anyway, yes, I like it because Garfield is now controlling her corpse. And she's got a big scarf on to hide <laughs> where her throat was slit. Yeah, to hide the throat thing. And then I think this is a real Riverdale, real horny adaptation. So, of course, it does eventually lead to them in the bedroom making the dirty with each other. Yeah, yeah, we need R-rated Garfield. R-field. Yeah. And so at that point, John starts to remove the scarf. And that's what Garfield's like, well, because it's fucking time. And then he sees the scars and kind of backs up, freaked. And then she just grabs a knife. <laughs> or alternately, ties him, bashes him over the head with something, ties him down, and when he wakes up, he's got, uh, he's got fucking, she's got her dentistry tools. Wait, Wait no. I went back to, I I went back to Little Shop of Horrors. She's got veterinarian tools next to her, and John's, like, knocked out. Okay. And I think this is... Are we getting into end-scene territory, or do we also need a subplot of the police coming after them? I, uh, whatever it is, I really don't want to get into this torture porn scene that you've set up, so something has to... Maybe if the police come in and, like, they want to question John... And so they're about to fuck it all up for Garfield, and he has to go ham on him. No. <laughs> Hold on. So it's like Master Yoda with the fucking lightsaber just jumping around with Garfield? No, 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 no. Here's what I want, because we're this is a psychological horror mm-hmm. film, Blake Tanner. We can't just have blood everywhere. It's, uh, John wakes up, and he looks down, and she, he sees her body just gone, and they are in the veterinarian's office. I'm gonna just say they figured out a way to get there. Joe Garfield controlled her to draw, go, uh, take them yeah. there. Uh, and so then Garfield is just sitting there, and the body's next to him. 
Or do we have her do it? Which one is it? Do we have Garfield give the evil speech or do we have her give the evil speech? I like Garfield giving it, although it would be really interesting if, like, maybe we could have them both do it. Like, she starts and then Garfield finishes. So, like, it transitions. No, same time. Same exact time. So you got that creepy overlay. And so it just starts with and her. Whenever, whenever Liz is talking, like her voice is knackered because her entire throat has been slid open. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like earlier, <laughs> I guess she was like, "I've got a throat problem." problem. Yeah. But I, this is the moment I want, which is Garfield saying, and they both say it at the same time. I gave you everything, John, and snaps his fingers i can take it away just that quickly blood spurts out of her neck and she just falls (laughs) dead yeah yeah and so at that point uh garfield is staring at him like where's my lasagna john (laughs) when am i gonna get mine john i've given you everything you've ever wanted and all garfy wanted was a little bit of lasagna and respect and you didn't give me any of that, John. And John, you had to do this to me on a Monday. Fuck <laughs> 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 oh, you! <laughs> and uh, at that point, I think that's when the police surround the place. And John goes, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him everything you've done. At that point, Garfield grabs him by the leg, digs his claws in, and John's eyes go black. Yep. And so then he Garfield goes full cat mode, and they go to the police, and they're like, oh my god, I can't believe what she was trying to do, and they blame everything on the vet. So that way, that ends the police storyline, is they all think the vet did it. The vet was, like, torturing animals and shit like that, and then their patients- And then they showed- <laughs> They have a dead normal to show them. Yeah. They're just like, look what they did to my, look what they did to my boy. Look how they massacred my boy. And then that's when Garfield cracks John again, like, she is a girl. She is shit. (laughs) That's the other thing is the fact that John is very bad with pronouns. (laughs) Uh, That tracks for John. Poor stupid John. Poor stupid John had how the number of times Nermal had to say she her while talking to John. <laughs> Oops. So what comes next? I've kind of been rattling off for a few. Where do you think we need to go now? Because like it, I just it's I don't think it's time for the big ending yet. Okay, so this has happened. This could be like closer to. Uh, if normal is the mid, this is like right in between the uh, you know, the mid and the uh, the denouement. So we we've still got to build up to our uh, to our. Uh, Wait, I just remembered a power that these type of cats have that we have not exploited oh, yet. Yes. It's fucking fire. Oh, so the police. Every single member of the police force go in to go, and then they see the body, and they're like, we've been tricked. Yeah. What the fuck? And also, uh, Odie's there, too. And then he sets the building on fire, and the building just falls the fuck apart. And that's the end of that scene. And, like, it jumps to... Garfield now has completely enslaved John, essentially, as his... uh, 
just as his work boy now. Like, John only exists to serve Garfield. He's not allowed out of the house or anything. Well, I think he is, but I also think Garfield needs to be slowly realizing how much of a shitty individual John is. Like, how this is what leads Garfield to think, I should just take it all over. I should just take him. Because John will, like, he regularly shows his incompetencies at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there does need to be, like, a big ritual surrounding how this cat can become human. Because <laughs> if he just does it, like, that's not got a lot of stakes to it. Right, so he's got to, like, he's got to gather together ingredients, create a circle, summon the elder beings, all of that good stuff. There's got to be a scene where Garfield opens a rift in space and time and tentacles come out to try to get John, right? Like, it pulls John in and it makes Garfield John. Yeah, I think that could be part of it. But then I think it would lead to a Dr. Facilier falling prey to his friends on the other side moment. And Garfield is the one who ultimately gets eaten by the tentacle beast. They're demanding a sacrifice for his powers to become pure, true yokai. <laughs> and so, I'm sorry, I know I keep going back to it, but the phrase, Garfield has become yokai, is my favorite sentence in the entire English language. Uh, could it just be the fact that they just look at John, and they're like, I don't fucking want this. What are you yeah, trying to do? This. Listen here, you little piece of shit, come here. No, 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 no. Uh, ultimately, Garfield is forcing John to go out and get him things for the blood sacrifice. He's forcing John to go get things. And I also kind of like this idea that John becomes Garfield and Garfield becomes John. So, like, the body of Garfield's still there, but John's in it. Oh, I see. Now, mm-hmm. Are you still planning for Dog X Machina to come in at the end? Because I think we're getting close. Yeah, yeah, okay. we're there. So all of the ritual pieces have been put up, and Garfield looks at John, opens his claws, and slits his own wrists, and blood pours it. Trigger warning. Fuck, I, we really should have said that before this. <laughs> Too fucking late for that. And blood pours into a... Uh, blood pours into a bowl uh-huh. and then uh, slashes John's blood pours into a bowl as well. And you start to see this rift open above them and like their spirits start to transfer. And there was a scene that I forgot to put in. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say it was like right before the blood sacrifice. Okay. And it's in the smoldering ember. Of a certain veterinarian uh-huh. office. What do and you see? you see two shining red bloodshot eyes open as the hellhound Odie <laughs> has finally realized his true fucking power and just I don't I don't want him to speak, but if he did speak, he would say John. It's still Odie, so he like rumbles out of the debris. He roars and like he he has a thought bubble thinking about John and how kind John has been to him. So you get a quick flashback and he's about to dart back home. But then he has to stop to take a piddle at a hydrant. Yeah, he does do a big piddle. Um, but then finally bursts through the door and Garfield stares at him like, 
I was almost done. What are, what are you doing? Why? Why now? Why now would you be here? And then that leads to the epic battle between Garfield and Hellhound Odie. The uh, the tentacle monsters are still swirling overhead, and the battle goes everywhere. The house catches a there flame. Has to be, there does have to be a scene where, like, maybe at the very beginning or in the middle, when um, Odie and Garfield have been fighting, they've been zipping around the room, and they just stop. And Odie's on the standing on the counter. And he can't seem to sense where Garfield is coming from. The Garfield comes from behind and kicks him off the counter. <laughs> yeah, we pay tribute to all the classic Odie Garfield goofs during this scene. <laughs> and it is just this epic cryptid battle of Yokai Garfield and Hellhound Odie that ultimately ends with them getting back in the center of the blood sacrifice, tipping the bowl of blood over, and then Odie grabs garfield by the neck and garfield once again looks at him like i gave you everything why why it wasn't john that it wasn't him that did this and points to john he did not do this i gave you everything and uh then odie just kind of stares at him and then pees in the bowl <laughs> and then snaps his neck with his hellhound teeth and then tosses him up, and a tentacle grabs Garfield, and then sucks him back up into the ether. Yeah, and the, the rift closes, and there you are. Hellhound Odie turns back into, like, normal Odie, his normal Odie skin, and it's... And they're just fucking sitting there in this pool of blood and piss. Well, well I, think, I think at that point John's, like, really out of it, because, like, he's been through a lot right now. And uh, he he wakes up to a tongue licking him, and it's Odie just being so excited. And he looks up, he's like, is it over, boy? And Odie just looks at him excitedly and then starts rushing towards the door because he needs to piss again. And so then we get a few scenes of everything returning back to normal. John's back to leading a happy life. He actually got his promotion at work. Odie's uh, going to dog obedience classes, and all of his problems seem to be healed up. And uh, it's the day of Odie's graduation from obedience school. And Odie looks really excited. John's really proud of him. And everything's happy-go-lucky. Uh, John even finds like a new girlfriend there who has her own cat. Kate. Uh, Kate. Well, not Kate. <laughs> Kate. Kate's probably dead. Uh, but no, no, that's Liz. Oh, this is Kate. Yeah, you're right. This is Kate. Yeah. And she goes, We need to hang out later. I'd like that a lot, John says, and then grabs Odie in a big triumphant hug and then barrels down the camera, opens his eyes, and it's Garfield's yellow eyes. <sighs> the blood sacrifice was already completed! Odie killed John! Oh, no. Twist ending credits! Well, you know what? It works out for everybody but John. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> now, can we have an after credit scene in the ether among the tentacles? And then you just see, like, the Garfield body the eyes just slowly start to open as they're enveloped by the tentacles. No, no, you see, uh, you see John's spirit be pulled away, and all that's left is a Garfield car car uh, carcass. A tentacle shoots in through the back, piercing it, and then the eyes open. And that's what's going to lead into our Lovecraftian horror sequel, 
where Garfield returns, but as a dark, evil beast. Named I'm Sorry, John. Except for the fact that G- John is Garfield, and Garfield is an eldritch abomination. Yes, yeah, seeking revenge on Garfield for everything he's done. So I guess if we want to see, like, do that, either the eldritch abomination needs to be the hero for some reason, or... Gar- like, John also needed to be a little bit of a dick at times. Uh, we'll work it out in post. Okay, do we wanna... How much time? We got a little bit of time left. Do we wanna do fantasy booking? Uh-huh. Like, of who, uh, like, who we would have cast... Fantasy casting, I'm sorry, I'm in... Uh, I want somebody, like, evil to play Garfield, but then again, I just also want it to be Ryan Reynolds. No, Ryan Reynolds would be playing, uh, Nermal. Nermal. That would be fun, I think. Unless we could find a really good trans actor to play. Here, hold on. Let me look up a good... There's gotta be a great AMAB trans actor out there who we could... Or actress, I'm sorry, that we could pull in. Mm -hmm. Let's see. MJ Rodriguez. Oh, shit. There's a lot of really good trans actors that really deserve more in Hollywood, huh? Yeah, that's kind of uh, the consensus right now. You know what? I know, I don't, well, I think she is an actress. I also don't know if she's trans, though. I was thinking Tybee, Tybee Diskin. Oh, yeah. Because I loved, I love Tybee. I don't think Tybee's trans, though. Mm-hmm. Now, hold on. I'm going to throw this one out for Garfield. Tom Hardy. Now, Blake, (laughs) you did say Tom Hardy is Garfield. So we are agreeing Joseph Gordon-Levitt as John. John. I'm going to throw out Zazie Beetz (laughs) as the veterinarian. I think that would be fun. Yeah. (laughs) But wouldn't you want to hear a scene where Garfield talks like this? Oh, that's what you're thinking? Um... Evil Danny DeVito. <laughs> How about this? I'm just looking up evil actors. Evil D- Danny DeVito could be good. Um, well, I want them to be able to toe the line between lovable and evil, and that's why I'm very upset that Ke- Kevin Spacey is such a fucking dick. Yes, it could be. How about Ralph? Ralph Fiennes. So you're proposing a Voldecat. Because think about his Voldemort laugh as Garfield. Yeah. (laughs) I just saw a very good one, and it is Willem Dafoe. (laughs) Oh, fuck no, that's good. (laughs) Yes, Willem Dafoe portrays Garfield. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is, um... Then we got Zazie Beetz. Who else? Do, I don't think we have that much we need to cast outside of who we want for Nermal. Yeah. Which sucks because I'm not that familiar with many, like, trans actresses, so I need to get more in on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of dog would be Odie's bark actor? Um, Biggin. Big old dog. Biggin, Biggin, big old fucking, uh, like a mastiff or something. Yeah. Okay. We well, I mean, that. that's his. Uh, that's his normal. That's not his normal. His normal bark has to be like a small, yappy chihuahua, as fuck. little yappy motherfucker, and then he just gets. 
uh, gets into it. <laughs> he gives the uh. Mm-hmm. Give Odie those ugga duggas. Didn't know Miley Cyrus was gender fluid. That's really sweet. Oh, that's interesting. If we want the name recognition, Miley <laughs> fucking Cyrus. Yeah. It could work. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Because I think she's done some... Uh, I think she's done some fucking uh, voice acting in the past. I think she could knock it out of... Wait, let me make sure I'm getting those fucking pronouns right. Because I could be fucking that up real bad now. It's true. This is... Um... Don't know. <laughs> let me go to her Twitter account. <laughs> she doesn't have a Twitter account. Do, 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 do. I would be honest, though. That is probably a good idea. All right, fuck it, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> All right, we got as it. our as our transnormal. Um, I don't. I think that's it. What's the name? What's the name of the film? Oh man, mm. Garfield is a yokai. Garfield is a yokai. Yokai, yokai, and friends. <laughs> Garfield and Yokai. I think it's gotta be Yokai and Friends because Garfield is not the the others aren't the Yokai. Garfield is the Yokai. Yeah. Um Yeah. It's kinda hard to make a good old play off of something where the name is just Garfield. Yeah, right? It's not. We can't do anything. So we've got it. It's Yokai and Friends. We've created it. We've produced it. Blake, what was awesome this week? Cookies. Bill and Ted faced the fucking music. I cried like a baby. Uh, where could people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. And you can find me here on the BS Network doing shows like A Load of BS, Fight Boys, JWF Wrestling, and In Your Hearts. In Your Hearts, especially. In the Hearts, though. That is where I am. Uh, no, because that may sound like you're becoming yokai. Who said I wasn't? Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at a load of at Scotty Mo S C O T T Y E M O by B S versus the Gods on Amazon. Fucking all the other places you can listen to it on the B S Book Club, and you can find Blake and me failing but trying to be more include more representation at a load of purebs.com where you can find all the shows blake mentioned my new show the mini adventures of sammy magic which is harry potter if it wasn't written by a shitty turf and all the other programs and that's at a load of purebs.com special thanks to my next blood sacrifice tom mcguire and the brass holes for their our theme song tom mcguire Fucking Ric Flair from Tom, Tom McGuire and the Fuck, shit. Uh, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes for our theme song, Ric Flair, off of their album, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. And, uh, of course, remember, ladies and gentlemen, to support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash BS is the website where you get access to exclusive content like you paid for this. The show where Blake and I watch terrible movies like fucking Money Plane. I am so, I'm so fucking hyped to listen to Money Played or watch Money Played, motherfucker. And you can get that and all the other shows. I'm still looking up Miley Cyrus's pronouns because I don't I don't want to be a dick here. Um, so you can get that. Pick up your you can pick up your merch at merch.loadofpurebs.com, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I didn't 
didn't see who was in Money Plane. I didn't see the cast list until just now, and now I know why you want to watch it so bad. But it's a good cast list, and you guys need to go to Patreon. And of course, as always, remember to find Blake and me on Twitter at a load of PRB as except no substitutes, and we will see you next week! <laughs>